Hello and, and welcome to another session of Fortinet Live. My name is Jonathan Nguyen. I'm a VP and a field CISO here at Fortinet. And today I am joined by Derek Menke, the head of FortiGuard Labs. And we're going to talk about what's happening in ransomware, the evolution of that particular threat vector, and how we can go about defending against it. So, hey, Derek, welcome to Fortinet Live. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm doing, I'm doing awesome, as, as every day. Um, never a dull day in the office, and uh, we've been on the front lines fighting fighting this threat you're talking about with ransomware on, on a daily basis. My God, where's your superhero cape? <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's off camera in the closet, yeah. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> so, so tell us about it. You're, you're on the front lines, you and your team. Uh, what are you guys seeing? Yeah, so there's been, I mean, this this is no secret now. This has just exploded uh, in, in the sense of these new ransom as a service models, uh, you know, ra ransomware that's really going after big game hunting now, the big fish, right? This wasn't the case 10 years ago. I mean, when, when ransomware really broke onto the scene, you know, it was circa about 2010. Uh, it was the volumetric attacks, right? Let's just see. Let's see what fish we land in our net, right? And that's what attackers were doing when they got to someone. They were just encrypting data. That was good enough. Data was uh, a currency that they could, you know, encrypt and, and offer them, uh, you know, decryptor for 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks. That's not the case anymore, right? People caught on to that. They started doing more rigid backups, uh, you know, from an administration standpoint. Now what we're seeing with these is that as a result of profits over 10 years, the snowball effect, they've got more weapons behind them. They've, they've got more players, business units in these ransom gangs. They have deep pockets for these affiliate models. They're paying out commissions. Yep. And that means that these attacks now, they have, they're, it's a longer timeline. These are low and slow attacks, much like an APT. You know, they're sitting on systems for months until they can actually find, uh, you know, uh, pay, pay dirt, which is going after IT systems, uh, services now where organizations will, will just bleed money. Wow. Yeah, we've, uh, we've, we've come a long way, but the, I think the old adage holds true is that crime pays. That's why it occurs. And yeah. Yeah. crime pays extraordinarily well. It's paid it's even better than it has in the past. And so, you know, going forward, I think the trajectory is that things are going to accelerate even faster that things will become more complex, um, more effective, I hate to say it, right? And I think damages will go up. What, what, do you, what, are, your, what are your thoughts moving forward? Have we seen this mature from ad hoc to now organized as a service, criminal syndicates, what are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at just the, the the dollar figure on ransom payments themselves, that's going up. Again, we're not in the realm of 500 to $1,000. We're in the you know seven figures uh, territory, right? And, and that's unfortunately becoming normal operations for them when they're hitting these, uh, you know, the, the, the big games. So I expect, you know, unfortunately, they're seeing reward. The more they see the reward, the, the more that's going to happen. If we look at the profits they're making over time, that is an exponential uh, curve, right? It's it's not it hasn't flattened or plateaued. That continues to rise. It's a big problem in the industry. That's why we're working on these things with you know Interpol and the World Economic Forum and things like that. That's the industry piece. But the reality is, they've profited a lot as a result. They're becoming more organized. They have more offshore accounts. Cryptocurrency platforms are fueling this as well, right? Uh, it, it's really acting as a catalyst too. So. I fully expect um, more bad news to come on that front. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're fighting it. Yeah, you know, for my friends who actually handle the negotiations with the threat actor, right? They, they tell me that by the time they go through all the, the, the different calls, the, the proofs, the validations, and they burn through the personas, you know, they typically are dealing with the same people they deal with day in and day out, the same criminal organizations. They know exactly who they are, and it, it seems very much that this is business as normal in many ways and this is very organized 
and that the threat actors uh, pride themselves on delivering quality of service, ironically, that you can trust this thief. Yep, yep, exactly. And, and they're, they're creating full-time service departments and organizations, right? They, 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 they have outreach. They want to get in contact with their victims. They want to coax their victims into thinking, okay, they have a bad situation, but it could get worse, but they're going to help them with it. As far as, you know, going as far as to offer consulting services, right? Yeah. I mean, if you pay us an additional price, you know, they literally have a la carte, almost like SKUs, <laughs> different pricing models, right? Yeah. You buy this, okay, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give you access to your IT systems back, but we're also going to tell you how we got into those systems so you right. can fix, fix the holes and, and uh, hey, maybe maybe hire us full time in the future. <laughs> yeah, and, and I hear they for an additional fee, they'll they'll vouch that from a confidentiality, integrity, and availability perspective that your data wasn't compromised. It wasn't altered in any way. You're getting back your full data set or the full decryption key. They're not going to release any part of your data. I mean, that that's pretty pretty brazen, I think. Yeah, definitely, and 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 they're being bold, and they're actually uh, they're they're walking the walk. They're not just talking the talk. We've seen cases where when organizations won't pay the ransom, that they will actually start to leak information to public forums and sites. And there's also sales happening on the dark web too. Yeah, so I've seen that too. So yeah, so that that's just a lot of good news on these calls, isn't it? So so <laughs> what's someone supposed to do about this now? You know, we've been down this road. Of, you and I have been talking about this for almost a decade or more now, right? Yeah. And so now we're seeing it, uh, the more pervasive we are in terms of our interconnected society and our economy, that the impact, potential impact of these types of attacks has, has grown tremendously. Are we still talking about basics and security to address this or, or what are your thoughts next? The basics always apply, but the reality is that's not good enough anymore. It goes a long way. Yes. The basics would cover those attacks that we were talking about 10 years ago because they, they weren't targeted. They're just a volumetric attacks and don't click on that link. Look at the link, you know, don't uh, look at the domain before you click on it. Don't open up unsolicited attachments. All of that still applies. But the reality, Jonathan, is now because of the funding and organization, these cyber crime groups really are, uh, it's a blur now between APT groups. Of course, APT groups are nation state heavily funded uh, groups that do full out reconnaissance, weaponization, creating new zero day exploits as an example, knowing their targets, getting into networks, sitting on there, collecting information, using that to actually find out what those targets are. That's happening with these ransom attacks. So when it comes to what do we do about it, we really have to look at the cyber kill chain, right? In terms of defense and depth, um, there's no silver bullet to these. And it's especially important because this is a reality. Uh, we need yeah. to be able to be careful about blueprints we expose to networks because those can be, recon uh, you know, um, people, yeah. cyber criminals looking for open ports and services, training, you know, training and education, of course, for employees, but then also getting into everything from, you know, EDR and XDR uh, to be able to de detect those zero day uh, exploits yeah. that are happening with these ransom campaigns all the way to the right, which gets to the, um, you know, incident response and planning too. So it's a, a holistic approach yeah. so you and i both read the adversaries playbooks because we know they read our playbooks right and so when you look at the adversaries playbook what the, the word that comes to me is persistence and it sounds like what you're describing is that we need to establish persistence on this side of the fence so that you can detect those nuances those things that are anomalous that may be malicious things in which you can apply ai and, and other tools to try to distill down some insight that, that gets us a little bit left of the detonation right yeah, yeah, definitely. Good world-class threat intelligence, like we work on here at FortiGuard Labs. Uh, like, like we always talk about, you can't protect against what you can't see. So, it's really important to have those visibility points, inspection points, leverage the ML AI 
absolutely. And and the persistence is a big part, right? That's 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 the reality. If you look at you know the uh, cost of a data breach report that's put out yearly, that dwell time that these yeah. threats are sitting on a network it's over two hundred days. That's yeah. too long, right? Yeah. The the other thing I I think is is pretty telling is that that dark web through formal and informal teaming arrangements is pretty effective as, as bringing buyers and sellers for bringing these syndicates together to launch these attacks. I mean, every step of that kill chain you described is now available as a service on the dark web. Yeah, and, and this is what I refer to as the attack chain. It's just the inverse, right? It's literally take a mirror, apply it to it, look at the inverse, right? Everything that, that, that we do on the defensive side, they do on the offensive side. And that's the whole playbook discussion, of course, and understanding that. Yeah. Uh, it's also important to understand because of the organization of these gangs now and the ransomware groups, it's not just one or two people behind yeah. this. We're, we're, we're tracking 40, 50 people. You get the money launderers involved, these business units. They have a supply chain uh, of their own, and, and that supply chain is, is fueling this, right? So it gets into that same idea with the kill chain. It, anywhere that you can intercept that supply chain, i.e., yeah. like you said, pre-detonation, trying to actually stop those attacks, um, it, it's hitting them where it hurts, right? It, it, it's a cost to them. And every time I, I look at your research and the stuff that's out there in, in our industry, it always points down to that lack of visibility, the inability to see what's on the endpoint, inability to see what's on that LAN edge, the WAN edge, the data center edge, and the cloud edge, right? Because yeah. everything is still kind of siloed. So I see an adversary community that looks at a broad landscape and then drills down, right, from, from networks to systems to, to individuals. Yeah. And on, on this side of the fence, I still see teams struggling to have cross-platform visibility. I think, you know, in, in my in my discussions, that seems to be one of the biggest problems today. And we're still thinking about computing, networking, and security as separate stacks. Yeah, yeah, and and in reality, that's not the way attackers and and you know, network traffic flows move through system. I mean, yeah. they're flows. It's a flow, so it's not siloed. It's moving through these points. You need intelligence and inspection and interoperability and integration like we do in the fabric throughout those points. That's the only way you're going to be able to trace through this attack chain. And then obviously once you see it, you can kill it. And that's the idea of the kill chain, right? Right. And if you can't see it, you can't really detect it. You can't protect yeah. it. And stop, the, stop the attack and its tracks. Not, not without unplugging everything in your network. And that obviously isn't feasible, right? So. Yeah. And so I, I think for, for me, uh, my one of the takeaways I, I talked to CISOs about is that, hey, if you don't really have a good understanding of what's happening in your network, when one of these incidents occur, what are you going to do? The, the, it, you know, can you confidently run your OT environment if you don't understand what's happening? Your, the attack may be an IT environment, maybe on the business side. But if you don't have visibility into your OT and your IT side, do you, as a precaution, shut down your, your OT network? And the yeah. answer, I think, is yes, unless you have visibility, right? It's not reasonable to do otherwise. But that's, a, that's like that old parable about for the cost of a nail, the shoe fell off the horse, the horse fell and killed the king, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, dependencies, right? And that's, that's reality with these business streams that they rely on. So a lot of the times, like, there's been, you know, documented cases of massive ser ser service outages that come down to one system because of a patching issue. All right? Right. It's a single point of failure in a sense. And that could definitely happen with, with IT systems. And so, Gosh, yeah. Derek, when I started in this industry back in 1990-something, yeah. we were still talking about the same things. And it just seems to me that, you know, 
we haven't made a lot of progress in many ways on this side of the fence and on, on the defender side, but the adversaries have gotten a lot faster. They seem to be utilizing te technology better and they seem to be leveraging their ecosystem in a far more effective way than, than we are on this side of the table, right? Yeah, they enjoy a lot of benefits that way, right? I mean, they, they don't have jurisdictions, they don't have policy, they don't have ethics, right? Really? So, 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 so they, <laughs> other than these fronts that they say, hey, we're going to help you and, and you know, charge you for consulting services and help your business out after we've held you hostage for ransom. I just thought those were Canadian hackers because they're, they're so polite <laughs> they want to do things like that. So, we don't have any of those here in Canada. <laughs> So we're, we're coming to the end of our session. If, if, if you were giving advice right now to, uh, to, a, to a CISO leadership team, give me three things that, that you absolutely have to think about if you're going to effectively you know, combat this type of threat. Yeah, so just, you know, obviously think of the basis of patching, all those things we talk about, but in reality, that's not good enough. You have to go that extra mile for looking at the full kill chain, everything from what you can do, what we call shifting left, so yeah. looking at the, uh, you know, pre-detonation uh, execution of code. So that's the uh, blueprinting, covering uh, all, all, all the patches and updates you can, um, educating your workforce like we have with our information security and awareness and NSC program. All of that is very important. But then at the same time, having that integration we talked about, no single point of failure, integration, threat intelligence applied to all of that and updated threat intelligence can get old after a day. So updated uh, threat intelligence baked in yeah. to your solution points, but then make it actionable, right? Be able to yeah. follow up on that. That's where you can leverage like the fabric and machine learning and artificial intelligence. Uh, that's all really important for the, um, you know, mitigation piece. But then yeah. lastly, it's just, you, you, you mentioned this earlier, the what if scenarios, those are critically important as well. Understanding those dependencies in between different assets and business streams, and being able to come up with good um, SOPs, security operation planning for if and when an attack uh, does occur. Yeah, so it sounds to me like this, the level of complexity you just described uh -huh. is so overwhelming. I just don't see how any in-house team in and of itself could handle that much of the task. Well, you can't with silos. It's too hard if, if everything's siloed. But again, that's when we come down to single pane of glass architecture, um, that integration point, you know, yeah. centralized threat reporting as, as an example. Um, that That is key, yeah, because without that, you're just trying to find the, the needle in the haystack. Yeah, I think to be really effective, to bring all those elements of prevention, detection, and response together with AI is an extraordinary level of complexity and requires an integrated approach. I, I think of it as playing uh, chess against not only one computer, but a hundred computers <laughs> yeah. trying to think five steps ahead against a hundred computers, which are thinking 10 steps ahead. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's the reason why I, you, you really need that fabric based approach because the level of persistence, the level of complexity and the speed at which it's operating is just incredible. I mean, from an MSS side of the house, which was my bailiwick, we went from SLAs from hours to minutes to now with 5G and our, our uh, ecosystems were at sub milliseconds, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think that challenge is, is what's going to And, and, and that, that, that's an important piece is the, if we look at that attack chain we're talking about, it's literally a clock, right? It starts yeah. it starts ticking all the way that it st starts from execution. Again, that can be 200 days in some case or more, but it starts ticking and the further you can actually stop that, so that's the kill chain, stop yeah. it closer to the left, uh, yes, there might be some damage done already at that point, but it's nearly not. It's going to be as bad as if you yeah. go 
let it go all the way through. Right? Yeah, and that's really my final tip of the day is that after everything, you may want to consider some threat research to figure out if there's anybody asking about your company, your brand, your leadership. Go to that, that dark web pawn shop, as it were. And even before the reconnaissance begins, just find out if anyone's even asking about you. I, I think that's, that's a, a precautionary step we need to take as well now. Yeah, understanding if, if you're a target and who's targeting you, definitely. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks, Derek. It's been great catching up with you. And, and this is just another session of Fortinet Live where we've discussed what's happening in ransomware and how do you go about effectively defending against that? Again, my name is Jonathan Nguyen. Thanks very much for your time today. Always good, Jonathan. Thank you. Yeah, man.